Welcome to DocuTalks, a podcast about documentaries mostly from Netflix. Chelsea and Michelle may be from two different generations, but they both share a passion for talks of true crime, murder, and documentaries with flair. Join these chatty bitches while they dish the latest hot documentary on DocuTalks. Welcome to DocuTalks. I'm Michelle. And I'm Chelsea. So this week we are covering Game Changer from Netflix. So just a warning, we'll use adult language. And I don't know how much explicitness we'll be getting into, but just be careful. It's more adult content. Well, we are talking about erections. So warning. Erection warning. That's true. I forgot we're talking about erections. I loved that experiment. All right, so just before we get into the show, so what have you been watching or listening or reading this week, Chelsea? So I have to admit, I honestly haven't been reading for the last couple of weeks because it's a uh, report card season <laughs> for me. <laughs> so I have been working like crazy. So the only thing I can handle is listening to a podcast or a couple episodes of Modern Family here and there. Uh, but right now I've been listening to the Forgotten, a new podcast about the murders in Juarez. And so the women that are murdered in Juarez and and what's going on during that. So I'm actually really upset because this is one of the first times I've listened to a podcast where it's a series and not all episodes are available. I binge listened to the episodes that were available in two days and now I have to wait for the next episode to drop and I'm dying with anticipation. Yeah, I know what you mean. I've I've done some of those before and then sometimes I almost lose interest and it's like, oh, right, I forgot <laughs> about this podcast. I've got to go back and finish it up. I like to just binge it all. Well, I read the book Stiff by Mary Roach this week, and it's about what happens to bodies post-mortem and their use in medical science. And also they look at research or investigation of bodies after death as part of historical research or accidents, such as a plane crash. Now, it can be a bit morbid, but I thought it was very interesting, especially all the different uses of bodies for medical science. It was incredible. Oh my gosh, I'm such a fangirl for this book. I read it in 2015, and it's still one of my all-time favorites. I'm so glad you read it. I want to donate my body to science because of this book. Like, Really? Seriously, yeah. Especially because I have, like, I don't know, birth defects and stuff like that. So I'm sure it would be kind of interesting to study what's going on in there. (laughs) All right. Well, let's just talk about our overall impressions of this documentary. I actually thought it was pretty good. I've seen a few of these documentaries now about vegan whole food diets. Um, I find them quite compelling and they're always a very good argument for changing my diet. I liked the different characters in this one, plus all the different experiments they showed. That was what I thought was really interesting in this one was the different experiments and the way they showed that being a vegan would be helpful for your health. I have to say, I think this is one of my favorite documentaries we've covered so far. I loved it. I was losing my mind while watching it. I just watched it last night, actually, because... I've been so busy with work and my partner was making dinner at the same time while we're watching it. And even he got so into it. And this guy is someone who I have to hide the vegetables in the food. Like 
is total meat eater, could live off bacon if I let him. And even he was just at the end, he's like, okay, like we got to rethink things. And that to me was huge. But no, so first of all, it just made me feel really out of shape. <laughs> I have to well, say, yeah. oh my God, hope I'm not alone. And it, it just made me really aware of how much better you can be doing and how much better your body can be performing. That makes me want to just maybe get back into better shape. So when I was living in Korea, I was pretty much a vegetarian. And then when I moved to New Zealand, I have basically gone back to eating meat all the time. And I've noticed a huge difference, like how I feel, how I look, like weight gain, weight loss, things like that, and energy levels. And watching this documentary was like, I really have to get back to that. And I just think we take for granted uh, nutrition. And it really illuminated what fuels your body, how to fuel your body, and what your body really needs. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. So it starts with James Wilkes, who is an ultimate fighter. And I thought, good for him. You know, he got injured. He decided to use his downtime to research the best diet. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's such a good use of your downtime. I would just be binge watching something on Netflix. But, you know, as he did his research, he came across like the vegan diet and started Mm -hmm. researching it more and more and and looking into, okay, what's the benefits of this diet? And that's what sort of prompted this documentary and this discovery. Well, Michelle, remember, we're not elite athletes, so the last thing on our mind is how can we make our bodies perform to maximum capacity? My maximum capacity is, like, how much junk food could I actually eat in one sitting? Exactly. Like, can I really have (laughs) my gummy bears for breakfast and still meet all the other food groups? And by that, I mean candy food groups (laughs) in the day. I have to say, we I have to have a disclaimer, guys. Michelle is um, a big, loves her, her junk food in the morning, whereas I'm a junk food in the evening kind of gal. So when we get together, it's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, well, I can eat junk food all day long. Believe me, there's no problem in my world to eat junk oh food gosh. all day long. But you're not allowed to or you're not supposed to. So um, we end up finding out about gladiators because he was thinking about gladiators and how they really are like the ultimate athlete. So when they said that they were primarily vegetarians, I just thought that was so cool. Like I said in our intro, we really take for granted how foods fuel you and what you do not need to eat and that you don't need to eat meat to get strong. When they were going into the adaptations our body has to process, The plant-based foods versus if we had any adaptations to process meat. I just thought that was so cool. Yes, I thought that was really interesting, too. I was shocked about the whole gladiators also. But when they talked about the, you know, the study of the skeletons and Mm. the development of man, I was a little surprised because... Years ago, and it was probably, oh my gosh, it's probably at least 20 years ago, I remember watching some documentary about the history of mankind and the development of man, and it talked about how our brains grew as we started eating more meat, and this was the argument for having more of a meat-based diet, 
And it was interesting because the anthropologist was saying like they've kind of changed that view in the last 10 years mm-hmm. or so. And they had so many good arguments about like how our teeth are and our intestines. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I think when I watch anything that anthropologists talk about, there's a lot of speculation and guessing about here's the evidence and here's what how we think it links together. And I must say, I have a a little secret desire to be an anthropologist. I think it would be such an interesting career. Well, yeah. And I took anthropology in university because originally I was like a history, sociology, anthropology major because it's fascinating and it ties so well into sociology. So I did take quite a few anthropology classes, but it really is your opinion. And you just make you like find some things that back it up and Maybe you can make a valid argument. Maybe you can't. But there's always going to be someone to debunk you. And that's basically what happened. Is it? Yeah, I'm going to go a little off topic here. We'll see how long the podcast goes, if we can keep it in. But I watched this documentary on um, YouTube. And it was basically about the history of syphilis. And there was this understanding that syphilis came from the Native Americans back to Europe. But then they uncovered this gravesite that had a lot of people with syphilis in it. And -hmm. when they were doing the history, it was like, well, the Italians thought the Germans brought it and the Germans thought the French brought it. And like everybody thought everybody else bought it to their country. But it wasn't really the Native Americans. And then they went over to America to argue with the guy who discovered it there, who came up with this theory that it came from Native Mm -hmm. Americans, but he didn't want to let it go. I'll tell you, that guy did not want to let it go, but they eventually like convinced him it didn't come from the Native Americans because of the time period and, and when Mm -hmm. these bodies were buried and carbon dating and stuff like that, it was found like a hundred years before um, it was Christopher Columbus ever came back from North America. So it was, it's interesting, you know, he was not giving up his theory because it's been so accepted for so long. Right. And that's what happens. Oh, there's an amazing podcast. Uh, This podcast will kill you. And they cover syphilis and it actually goes back to Greek times. Like it's like Greco Roman times. It's incredible. It's such an old disease. And they talk about, how so it ties in really well to that but yeah like there's actual evidence that it comes from ancient Rome so it's been around for ages guys yeah I wanted to talk a little bit about the power of advertising in media with the the meat industry I'm so glad they included this section in the documentary I found it really interesting because we all know the tobacco industry and their media campaign and their commercials and you know eight out of ten doctors recommend camel cigarettes and all that kind of stuff right and it was interesting that they said when the tobacco industry could no longer advertise its sporting games in comes the meat industry And so that's another way of associating these meat-based diets and getting protein to give you energy and build you muscles Mm -hmm. with athletes and getting stronger. And I thought that was so interesting. Oh, I found it fascinating. The whole idea of this gendered stereotype of what you consume, like advertising genders things so much, like women should eat salads men eat meat so it's funny to see how deeply rooted that was and oh I just I hate it I hate that 
the basically the meat industry grabbed onto this and ran with it. And it's probably, you know, 50, 60 years later, why we have such gendered views on what we should consume as people and why men won't eat freaking vegetables drives me crazy. And I think it's confusing to all the different messages and media out there about the types of diet too, right? So like you said, you know, the stereotype of women eat salad and men eat yeah. steak. You know, every time you turn around, there's a new type of diet, a new thing like this is healthy, this isn't healthy. And they talked about that in the documentary also. Yeah. They, you know, they're always changing what you can eat and what you can't eat. And I don't even know how media decides what to pick up and what not to pick up. There's an algorithm and there's always like a big company that's like, okay, this year we want to make avocados it because we had like a surplus of avocados. So it's going to be the it food this year and we're going to pay you all this money to plug avocados. And that's basically how it happens. I just find it so interesting that like, you know, the food pyramid has changed so much in the last 50 years. So before, you know, meat was so important, things like that. And then that tied in with the the advertising, what the doctors were saying. And obviously that was coming from somewhere. And now in the last decade, the food pyramid's completely changed. And I don't know if people actually know that, but meat isn't as big on the food pyramid now and they've really changed it all. So it's almost an upside down pyramid now with like veggies as veggies and fruit as the most important thing dairy and meat as like one of the least important things so it's you know it's amazing to see that we've made so many nutritional discoveries yet advertising is still plugging these archaic ideas well they don't want to lose their money right well exactly because everyone's pro meat because they want to keep farming and the meat industry going and Mm -hmm. It stinks because it's it's honestly, it's a big farm conspiracy. And I think that we really need to point out that not only are these athletes vegan, but they're not like fueling their bodies with junk. That if you eat vegan, you're going to be thin, you're going to be healthy. And it's like, no, not if you're carb loading all the time. Like that yeah. one guy, he was that huge, the, the guy who was the massive, the strongest in the world. Yeah, Patrick. Like he had- I love Patrick. He had a gut on him, like, because he was this huge guy, and he was a vegan, you know? Like, it was the antithesis of all the other vegans in the show. So, let's get into um, environmental impacts, because there's always been these arguments that uh, eating vegetarian and vegan is better for the environment, and that that is why we all need to make this change. So, Michelle's going to be really angry with me, because... I have to play devil's advocate. Of course you do. (laughs) So in the documentary, they talked about all the positive environmental impacts. And Michelle will talk to that in her section. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to tell you about all the negative impacts of a vegan and vegetarian diet on the environment. Because guess what, people? It's just like how we thought you'll be skinny and, and fit if you're a vegan or vegetarian. Being a vegan and a vegetarian can be just as detrimental and cause just as much negative environmental impact as eating meat because there are a lot of farming operations that are fueling deforestation, uh, the collapse of bee colonies, things like that. Like People need to realize the impact of their food consumption, whether or not it's meat or veggies. Some fruits and vegetables have enormous 
environmental footprints and their cultivation is just as damaging to the environment as animal farming. Like almond production is basically leading to the collapse of all of the U.S.'s bee colonies. It's the most detrimental thing that you can, like having to pollinate the almond flowers kills off thousands of bees every year. And a lot of beekeepers are really against it, but they are forced into that because, you know, they don't have many options. But every year, like I, I was watching the documentary Rotten and they said that doing the almond pollination almost kills off half of their half of their bees every year for all of those. Why? Because it is like there's just so many pesticides used and they like so it's pesticides it's the way that almonds are farmed so it's really damp and wet and then they get sick and then so yeah they're getting exposed to all these diseases from the almonds and the and the climate that they're in and then also the pesticides that they use on the almonds so it's just really terrible what's going on and also just think about it if you guys aren't buying local and you aren't having seasonal fruit and vegetables the environmental impact of having to greenhouse grow that fly that food to you transport all this food to you that is a huge environmental footprint that's huge so 74 liters of water goes into making a single glass of almond milk like people, people aren't realizing that when a food becomes a trend, like everyone's obsessed with avocados and have been for like the last 10 years, they have been this major food trend. So it's now led to monocropping and too much of a focus. So all this other arable area and, and cropland has been given up to avocados or they're planting avocados every single year, things like that. Same with soy, same with almonds, you know, they're, so they're monocropping and then that completely ruins the soil because they can't they're not doing crop rotation and you know they're clearing huge swaths of rainforest and forest land to be doing soy all over the world because it needs a lot of space and it needs a lot of water so people need to think about that i am going to be posting some statistics about this on our social media so if you're interested in how your food i.e avocados soy almond milk and your berries that you're having out of season really impacts the environment check it out like in New Zealand at the grocery store it's very rare you see fruits and vegetables that aren't in season Hmm. so it's it's very seasonal here and if it is it's like you know twenty dollars for that freaking apple (laughs) it's so expensive if it is whereas back home you know I could get avocados for 25 cents an avocado out of season. Well, I don't eat avocados, so I don't know how much they cost. They cost a lot here, even though they're grown locally, which is the thing is like, we're, I don't know. I think we're really spoiled in Canada with the cost of food. And it'll be very interesting to see what happens given COVID-19 and the global food trade and, and how, you know, we don't have those migrant workers to be working the land right now and to be harvesting. So I think that this is going to be a turning point for for our food industry and us eating local and, and not having that global distribution of food anymore. It will be interesting to see, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in the documentary, <laughs> not Chelsea's research, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I just have Makes- to say, listeners, I did tell Michelle I was going to do this, and she was just like, not again. <laughs> yeah. I just rolled my eyes. Um, so in the documentary, they really focus on the harm that animal farming does. And really all these big factory farms, right, is really the issue. And every time I see a documentary that talks about basically factory farming for animals, it really does make me want to become vegan. That has the biggest impact on me. Not so much my health. I'd love to say it's that. But it's, you know, worrying about the harm of animals because I love my animals. And sometimes people can probably hear my little kitty cat, Mickey, crying in the background of our podcast because every once in a while he does. I will say that I, I watched one and I wish I would remember which one it was, but it was one that focused more on the factory farming, not even necessarily about becoming vegan, but just, you know, looking behind the issue of factory farming. And that was it. I was becoming a vegetarian. I was becoming vegan. So I became vegan for a month, Chelsea. I remember whole- Michelle. A whole month I didn't eat meat. Now, I will tell you, I actually was surprised because I didn't actually really miss the meat so much. It is very hard to not have milk because a lot of things have milk in it. Like if you think of like a cake and I miss the cheese, that was kind of hard to avoid. And eggs because I love eggs. So it was hard to avoid those three things. But I didn't miss it too much. And if if my husband would have been on board with it, I probably would have continued it or at least continued vegetarian. But Mm -hmm. it's hard to do it when, you know, I'm sitting beside my husband who's eating a big steak. It's because I love steak. So Um, but yeah, they talk about how much of an impact all the um, factory farming has on the environment. So which is terrible. And like when I was, so I lived in Korea for five years and I was basically vegetarian for five years while I was living there. And honestly, I didn't meet, miss meat. And the only reason, like I said at the beginning that I started eating meat when I moved to New Zealand is because they don't factory farm here. They don't use antibiotics. And they also almost basically all the meat available is grass fed. So it's some of the best meat you can get in the world. They have the best farms. It's all local. Like when I go to the grocery store, I know I'm buying meat that's like raised not that far away from me. I have to say New Zealand is like the ideal food place in the world for, you know, buying local, having high quality, things like that. Because they do really care about the environmental implications and impacts that factory farming has and, and farming. And it's such a backbone of their country. In saying that, though, if like everyone was was to go vegan or vegetarian and then we cut out farming altogether, like it would have a really negative impact. Like we need animals. You know, it's kind of like the life cycle of the world with like soil and all those things. Like if we if we took out animals from that chain, the whole chain could collapse. And that's a big problem, too, is like people don't realize that we do, like, we don't need as many farm animals as we have, but we do need yes. some. And that's, and moving away from that factory farming mentality, like, we don't need to be consuming as much meat as we are. Yeah, so, I think that's the issue, is we just don't need yeah. to be eating as much. Like, we eat so much meat in our diet, most people. I think that's the issue, is trying mm-hmm. to eat less meat like they talk a lot about meatless Mondays and Mm -hmm. things like that to try to get people to eat less meat yeah because I would say I only eat meat like half of the week 
And I don't have dairy products. Like I have all soy. So I drink soy milk, things like that. I do eat cheese occasionally because that's addictive. It's practically yeah. crack cocaine. Um, but I didn't have any dairy when I was in Korea at all. Mm-hmm. Like I almost never ate cheese. Didn't drink the milk, nothing. Yeah. I don't think I ate much cheese when I was in Japan either, to tell it's you the not, truth. It's not something that they have, you know. It's yeah, not, it it's not a cultural it, food. And it didn't taste the same. No, it was gross. Because I guess the milk's different. I'm curious, <laughs> Chelsea, what was your favorite experiment in the show? Because they did a few different ones. Okay, so I kind of just loved all of them. Like, I love different ones for different reasons. Like, I was so jealous of the firefighters. The football players with the blood. Oh, for me, I was like, I want to see my blood. What does my blood look like? I want to know. I know. Uh, Okay, so this is it. You know, (laughs) I did my experiment of, okay, I'm going to be vegan for a month. You did it for a month, though. (laughs) Guys ate one meal as a vegetarian and their blood was clearer. I know. I know. You're talking about one meal. I did it for 30 days. I did it a whole month. Now, did I have more energy? No. Did I feel better? No. I felt no difference whatsoever, honestly. But right. So, but were you? And that's where it comes down to. Like, were you having a clean diet? Were you still eating your junk food? Were you still eating no. drinking your diet coke? No, I wasn't. Really? No, I was. Not, no, I ate like a, a vegan diet. I okay. didn't have junk food. I didn't have pop. I was drinking That's plain old water. Yeah. Maybe and I'm tired by nature. <laughs> yeah. I don't know because a lot of people are going to say, oh, you're going to feel so much better. So I'm like, okay, I'm committing to this. Like, I'm really going to give this 30 days a try because, of course, when you watch any of these documentaries, you're on a vegan diet for seven days and your life is cured, right? So Which I thought I I'm going to. No, but that's what some of the, I watched one documentary and it was like somebody did vegan for seven days and went off their medication and walked so much better and all this stuff. That is ridiculous. Maybe it happens like one in 10,000 people. (laughs) When people say like they were fine in seven days, I really just think it's like, yes, that is one in 10,000 people that maybe has that happen to them. But it's such false advertising because the problem is, at the end of the day, everyone's in it for quick fixes. Even you, with what you're saying right there, was like, oh, yeah, seven days? Like, I'm in. I'm going to do this. And then you you lasted 30 days, which is fabulous. But then you I didn't do it. No, I watched that documentary after I did oh, my month. Okay. My, I, what prompted me to go vegan a month was watching a documentary about factory farming. Guy wanted to go vegan more for the ethical reasons about animals than about the health yes, reasons. Which I get. So why aren't you just vegetarian? Because then you can still have your eggs, cheese, and milk, but you're just not eating meat. Because my husband cooks meat and I don't cook. So I just eat what he makes for me oh and he forces gosh. me to eat Michelle, that is a horrible argument. Like my partner eats a pound of bacon on the regular and I don't eat any bacon with him because I know it makes me sick or I feel gross when I eat it and I I don't like yeah so it's just like I'm trying to reduce my meat consumption so no matter how much my partner eats the meat I don't eat it I just finished a 10-day cleanse where I ate vegan for the last 10 days you didn't even tell me about that I'm feeling I'm sad (laughs) (laughs) I probably didn't tell you in case I only made it through day one but But I didn't 
<laughs> but I did make it through the 10 days and I, I you know, and I felt a little bit better only because I've been eating so bad lately. But anyway, I'm, I'm back on my regular diet of eating meat. <laughs> I'm adding more salads. Oh anyway, I, yeah, I liked I liked all the different like we got started because you were saying that we liked the firefighter um, experiment. Again, they were seven days and they lost 11 pounds and their cholesterol levels went down. And it's still surprising to me that that all can happen. But of course, I liked the young guys and their erections because I thought this is such a good argument to be making to the public. You're going to have longer, harder, stronger erections. I thought that was just hilarious. I really liked that experiment. I'm pretty sure that was what cemented it for my partner. Because <laughs> after watching this documentary, like, so as I've said, my partner is a huge meat freak. Like after mm. watching this, he's like, let's do this. So we're going to do five days vegetarian, two days meat optional. So um, go back Fantastic. to 80%. And we are really good. Like, I have to say, we probably eat 50% of our diet is vegetarian. But we've been getting um, these, like, HelloFresh boxes for free. Yep. <laughs> and they're, like, $200 almost worth of groceries for $10. And we've gotten the meat option because it's the best value. So we've been eating a lot of meat lately because of that. So as soon as we're finished that, then we're going to go back and really do plant-based. And yeah, like I have an an autoimmune disease. So the inflammation and things like that, it really made me think about it, especially, you know, when they were talking about all these experiments. I didn't realize that just having a glass of milk can cause as much inflammation or even eating eggs. I always think of eggs as like free from all those inflammatory things and all the yes. all the bad meat juju you know <laughs> yeah it's true yeah I wouldn't have thought eggs and um one glass of milk would make that much of a difference oh my gosh and the arteries like for me I was just I was losing my mind when I was living in Korea I know I've said this a million times in this podcast I'm sorry listeners but so for my visa we had to get a medical test every year and they did full full medical gambit like everything from an STD check to your cholesterol. They you gotta were, make sure you're not out there like causing well, STDs in the country, oh, yeah, Joe. Exactly, because you they will you'll get your visa denied if you have an STD. I'm not even kidding you. They actually had to change that because it was a humanitarian issue. Um, so that's why they did it. And you'd have to even get like your teeth checked. And if you had too many cavities, they'd be like, mm. <laughs> it was crazy. But so I would get uh-huh. my cholesterol checked every year, and I was like the best levels I've ever had. And I had gone from being in Canada to being a huge, like I'm a, I was a meatitarian eating meat all the time and, you know, carbohydrates. And then I moved to Korea. I lost 30 pounds and my like cholesterol went down. Everything was great. Like I was in the best shape ever when I was there. And yeah, like I was eating pretty much a vegetarian diet. So I believe these experiments. <laughs> And now since I've come back to New Zealand, I've started eating all the cheese, all the meat. And like I'm going I make it's like a full circle. I'm almost back to pre-Canada, pre-Korea Chelsea size. (laughs) Oh, that's how it goes sometimes. Exactly. And I don't even eat junk food. So this is and I've been wondering. And so this documentary made me really think like, shit, is it just because like I've gone back on meat and dairy? You know, like, 
So I'm 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 going to be experimenting myself, Michelle. <laughs> All right, let's see how your experiment goes. Oh, but that erection experiment, oh my god, I love that they blurred out their erections at night. <laughs> It's like we're going to show them sleeping because it's so important, but we're going to blur out the most, the best part. Were you disappointed that they blurted out, Chelsea? Yeah, I was. I was just like, come on, we're, we're adults here. And I loved just like how cute the, they were just losing their shit. They were laughing and they were so shamefaced like during it, like they couldn't even look at each other. It was hysterical. <laughs> I thought uh, it was the guys were cute and I just I was just so jealous of those firefighters and all their vegetables they got oh my god mm-hmm. like I'm over here stealing the vegetables from my school garden <laughs> like I'm just like please someone <laughs> uh, but it, it really is like what you were saying you know how hard it is and I think because anything can taste good if you know how to make it taste good you know yeah exactly it so it's just like, people, get your shit together. Learn how to cook. Come on. You can make anything taste good. I don't know if I'd 100% believe you there. I don't think anything would taste good, but that's okay. You can have your argument there. <laughs> I All right. So I'm curious who your favorite character was in the documentary, because we see a lot of the different athletes and lots of different people come in giving their thoughts on this. And so what did you think? Who did you like? Well, you know, I kind of loved them all, but I really loved Lucius. And he was like ripped. Oh my God. I just wanted to like worship his body. So he, and he's just like whipping all those Five-year-old asses, you know, he's like, they can't even keep up in my workouts. I'm like running circles. My grandkids can't even keep up. And I'm just like, yeah, you work it. I am so here for you. And I think that was just amazing. He had such a great attitude. And especially for an older person, like, I think we really take for granted that you could be like 65 could look so many different ways, but we're so used to 65 looking ancient when really it shouldn't especially since our life expectancy has increased so much, you know, and I keep thinking about this as I get older and I have health issues, like I've mentioned. So for me, it's like, I'm always thinking, okay, I already have these health conditions. I'm quite young. Like, what do I need to do in my life to make it so that I actually can have good quality of life when I'm older? And if that means not eating meat, then I will give it up. And I just also loved the female chef who her husband was the NFL player and she got yes. them all hooked up vegan food. And that's it. That's exactly it. We take yeah, for granted how amazing food can be if it's just cooked well. And then so yeah. she had half their team on a vegan diet. And she got a, she started a whole business from it. I thought that was incredible. Just oh, fabulous. Yeah, it was. I, I really like Patrick, the, the heavy lifter guy that um, we talked about Yay. a bit earlier. And. And I just thought he had such an interesting backstory where he had his family die in a car crash. So he wanted to be the strongest man so that if he ever had to, he could save somebody. And they show him lifting the car. Oh, my gosh. It was You're so going to make sweet. me cry. I know. And sad, and I was just like, my heart the whole time. I know. I just seemed like such like a gentle giant, right? Yes. 
And I yeah. loved the guy who was um, the anti-poacher. He did 12 tours of Afghanistan and then started this po- like this preventive poaching thing, like training all these guys to stop poachers. I was just like, you're amazing. Why don't yes. we know more about people like this? Like, why, why are we so busy loving the Kardashians when we should be loving this guy who did 12 tours of Afghanistan and then opened up a friggin' anti-poaching school and then became vegetarian because he felt guilty about eating the animals when he was saving the animals yeah he was inspiring he was so inspiring and just really to think outside the box like anyone could do that like that was just an any man's game you know like he had the money so he did it so selfless so and of course I love that Arnold Schwarzenegger was in it and that he yes. was also an executive producer because I, I am a huge Terminator fan, just love Terminator. And so the last Terminator, lots of people criticized it. I loved it because it had everything in there that I love, especially Arnold. And so it was interesting when he talked about in his heyday is, you know, when he was doing weightlifting competitions that, yeah, it was all about eating protein and, and then he learned it doesn't have to be that way. I loved when we saw the vegan bodybuilders. Oh, and that like really hot blonde one. He's like, I have a big smoothie. I'm like, you can, I'll give you more than just a big smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved him. I just, oh, I loved it. I loved all of the people in this documentary. Like I said, I have to say, this is one of my favorite ones so far. Yeah, I thought it was a great documentary. I I just liked all the different elements they had in Mm -hmm. there. All the different characters, how this guy went on the journey to find a good diet, all the different experiments they had, the impact on the environment, the advertising. So it was a nice, well-rounded documentary about vegan You know, whereas, like I said, other ones I've watched, it's it's focused more on factory farming or it's just focused more on, okay, eating vegans, good for your health, period. You know, like this touches on different ways of looking at the reason why vegan is a good option for people. And I just loved all the characters. Yeah, they were all great. I must say, I don't know how, you know, these top athletes, boy, they have got drive and determination and commitment it's amazing well like even our mutual friend Catherine like she is an elite athlete in her 60s and like the training she does and she's just she's just elite in Canada (laughs) but the amount of effort that goes into that you know and we always talk about like I talk to her about her diet all the time and yeah like what she uses to fuel herself and the workout she does oh my gosh I don't even work out that hard. <laughs> Dedication. Exactly. And I think we could all learn from that. But like, yeah, like you said, I just loved the well-rounded. It wasn't just eat this food because it's better for you. It was meet these people and hear about their journeys and then really debunk the advertising. And I, oh, I just love that they debunked keto. It was that cherry on top I needed because, you know, we've been talking about how there's always these miracle diets and like the paleo diet, the cornerstone of the paleo diet is meat. Well, paleolithic time, we didn't eat meat. We very rarely ate meat. And I love that they were debunking all these crazy fad diets. Like I understand keto can be great and it can have its benefits, but 
the amount of fat you're consuming is so bad for you. Just have a plant-based diet. Even if you just do, yeah, 50-50, things like that. Like cut the carbs, guys, and eat plant-based. You don't need a crazy fad diet to lose weight and be healthy. Doctors, like, you're going to have a heart attack early <laughs> with a lot of these diets. Keto is just so bad for you. Mm-hmm. Like, never should you have a diet where there's an actual keto sickness <laughs> because you're consuming too much fat and it makes you sick and you just have to get over it. Yeah. Well, and I think the good sign of a documentary is really challenging your thinking Mm -hmm. or making you change your life in some ways. And I think this documentary shows that because it kind of does both. And it does make me think, okay, I've got to try to eat less meat and just incorporate some more veggies in my diet as much as it begrudges me to do so but I have to try to make the effort so it's it's a good it's a good reminder about the connection between diet and health yes and how your body can be fueled in so many different ways I just I can't get over the fact that like those arteries looked so crazy just from eating meat because we've been told our whole lives that like that's eating fast food and that's eating junk food and it's like no that was just what happens when you eat meat yeah So for me, I'm just that, I just keep thinking about that. And that really, I'm like, okay, we're going to eat what meat we have in the the house. And then, no. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely, it was a great documentary, some amazing food for thought, and it lit the fire under my ass that I needed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm curious what listeners thought. Let us know what you, what you thought about this documentary and whether it's going to change your diet and how you view food and the impact on your health. Exactly. And be a smart vegan and vegetarian listeners. Figure <laughs> out where your food sourced from. Don't be yeah. following all these stupid food trends that, hello, that is honestly just advertising and big farming corporations shoving products down your throat. Like, why do you think they want you to have all that almond milk and avocados? It's because California is desperate for, you know, money from their avoc- from their almond plantations because they don't have as many citrus plantations anymore. So be a smart consumer. Shop yep. local. All right, everyone. I hope you like the episode. We'll have to cut Chelsea off here. She'll be on her soapbox all night. I know. I was like, I'm sorry I shamed you listeners so much. Still love me. <laughs> it's true. So, <laughs> so our next episode we're going to be watching is Take Your Pills. So I hope everybody takes a look at that this week and then we'll um, talk about that one. And certainly follow us on social media. I'll have those in the show notes. And if you possibly could, uh, leave us a five-star review and share with your friends so we can grow our listenership. And I hope you like the podcast and we'll see you next week. Yeah, see you guys later and check out our show notes to see all the things we talked about, like the books we talked about and other podcasts and shows. If you guys are interested, we'll have those in the show notes as well. Bye, listeners. Bye-bye.